How would the Cincinnati Bearcats match up with TCU if they were to play right now? Plus, we'll take a look at other things going on around the Big 12, including Kansas State and their chance to upset Alabama in the Sugar Bowl this weekend and look ahead to Big 12 conference play in basketball. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, and that means it is Big 12 Thursdays here on Lockdown Bearcats. I'm Alex Frank, the host of Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Josh Neighbors from Lockdown Big 12, my guest today, as he is. We try to do this every Thursday, Big 12 Thursdays. Um, Josh, first question for you, and I teased it in the cold open. How would... A Bearcats-TCU game you think play out right now? If it was Cincinnati and TCU in the college football playoff on Saturday, how would that play out? Uh, I think I think TCU would, would like their chances to do pretty well against, against Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I think the caliber of playmaker that TCU has has been a difference maker for them for most of the season. And while it might not be in their game – against Michigan because Michigan's one of those top tier upper echelon teams. Uh, it would be against a team like a Cincinnati just because Quentin Johnston is a first round type talent at wide receiver. Uh, Darius Davis has like legit track speed. That looks like, you know, it looks like an sec guy. Um, they do a great job at running back room. Amari D Mercado and Kendra Miller have been fantastic this year. Tate Barber is really good wide receiver as well. Max Duggan, a guy who finished second in the Heisen voting, who's just a natural, you know, natural born leader and had done a great job this season. So offensively, they do great. I think defensively, they'd be fine just because that that Cincinnati offense struggled so much this year. And, um, you know, not a team that they don't blitz a ton, uh, but I think they they wouldn't really need to. I think I think they'd be OK. And also they've got two really amazing cover corners in Newton and Trey Hodge Tomlinson. So I think they'd be. They'd be just fine. This is not, you know, it could be close to start off with, but this is not a, it's not a Cincinnati team that I think would give TCU too many headaches. Interesting. What about Kansas State? Because I watched the Big 12 championship game and I was really impressed with Kansas State's ability to make TCU play their game, physical ground and pound. How would a Bearcats team who they were physical at times this year, but they struggled at times to run the football. How would they match up with the Kansas State? Well, Kansas State playing their best football is, in my opinion, I mean, one of the best eight teams in the country just because of, like, we, uh, you know, people that might not know this will follow Cincinnati, but uh, Kansas State had six guys in the preseason all-Big 12 team, and uh, they they were good at all at all these positions. They're good at secondary. Uh, they lost a couple guys. They're really good at linebacker. They've got a good front. They had a lead pass rusher in Felix and Adike Uzama. They've got a quarterback now, Will Howard, who I like a lot more uh, than, than Adrian Martinez just because the way he can spread the ball around. And they've got an electric running back and Deuce Vaughn, obviously. We've seen him for years, and he's going to be on the way to the NFL after, after this game. They've got good wide receivers, uh, Malik Knowles, Phil Brooks. They use Ben Sennett and Cade Warner, their tight ends, beautifully. Um, this is just a team that right now that's it's really had it all working. And I'm not sure against Alabama – how it will go uh, just because I think the month off sometimes can make things pretty weird in those games. But I mean, they've had everything working. Um, I think that 
I think that I mean, there's a chance they could Kansas State could play them close, but I doubt. I mean, I think K State and TCU at the end of the season were just on, on a different plane than everybody else. Um, Kansas State really found that next gear, and TCU it was that team all year. They played a lot of close games. Um, I think K State actually might beat them by more, um, but I don't think either team would have too much of a challenge, even though Cincinnati did have a decent year. Wow. So you're saying Cincinnati, it sounds like you're saying, Josh, Cincinnati has a long way to go to get acclimated into the Big 12. This t- this version does, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's to be expected, though, when you put the third most players in the NFL off of a team. You know, like Cincinnati's a good program, and they'll get even better you know, in the Big 12, the Power 5 backing. But, you know, when you go to the college football playoff, and, and you know, I think a better question would be, like, how does Kansas State this year and TCU this year do against Cincinnati last year? That was the best version We've seen of Cincinnati. Um, that'd be a, I think, two really fun games both ways just because of how many great players that Cincinnati team had. Um, but when you replace that many guys, a lot of these guys we're seeing on Sundays, I mean, how good has Sauce Gardner been, you know, this year? He's been absolutely amazing. Now we're even seeing guys like Desmond Ritter who's getting PT right now, uh, you know, his starting quarterback his first year, and now he's the Falcons. So lose guys like that for a lot of teams, it's hard to recover and Cincinnati recovered okay but not great right and lost Luke Fickle so yeah I think that um this Cincinnati team has a long way to go but if I'm talking about a team in the state of Ohio it's gonna have good recruiting gonna have a a new coach um I like their chances to be a good team top of this league for a long time because uh of where they're located just it's gonna take a little bit of time sometimes to get adjusted so because, um, you know, you're, you're playing Kansas State and TCU and Baylor and Oklahoma like every single week at this point, right? There's no Navy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no, there, there was no Navy this year, right? KU is normally like that bottom team. You yeah. Know, there's uh, the, our Memphis is, uh, is is Baylor, right? That's that's kind of who our Memphis was this year. It's just a bigger step step up in competition. Yeah. And, and I said on yesterday's show, Lockdown Bearcats, I, I said that – I think fans need to tamper their expectations because of all the players entering the transfer portal. You know, the offensive line and wide receiver positions need to be rebuilt. And I think those are two important positions going into the Big 12 for Cincinnati. But let me ask you this. Um, what are your expectations for Cincinnati heading into the Big 12? Because I, I said yesterday, I'll give them two. I think they'll go two and one in, in non-conference play. I, the pit game is going to be tough. On the road, rivalry game, hostile environment. I, I think they can beat the three teams they're going into the Big 12 with, UCF, Houston, and BYU, if they're on the schedule. And then I say to myself, okay, they need to get one more win. That could come against Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas, teams like that. But And that's how they could make a bowl game. But what are your expectations? It, it, Josh, if you're talking to the Bearcats fan base, what should their expectations be? Yeah, um, well, here's the tough problem is that, number one, I, you know, from a general sense – um, I think that every week grind is something that everybody's going to have to learn about. Like, and this is the thing for basketball too, that we talk about what is considered a break in big 12 basketball. Well, you're going to go play at Gallagher Iba arena to go play a team that's tough as hell under Mike Boyd. That's really well coached, right? That's what a break is in basketball in football. If KU is a break and they were one in six, in their last seven games. So let's just call them the break. Well, They've got, you know, a guy in Jalen Daniels who's a really capable quarterback. They've got a good running game. They've got defensive playmakers. Uh, it's an incredibly well-coached team. Like, there really isn't much of a break, and things will come and go. 
but there wasn't much of a break this year. Iowa State had a top 20 defense for the entire season and was the worst team in the league. You know, the, the, the stat we kept hearing was if Iowa State had scored 20 points in its first 11 games, they would have won, they would have been eight and three. That's that would have been their record. They would have been eight, uh, eight and yeah, eight and three in the first 11. They'd score at least 20 points in their first, you know, in, in their first uh, 11 games. That's how good their defense was. So, that is where we're at, where there are really few off notes. And look, I think Cincinnati's going to win some games. I think they definitely do. But even if, and I think maybe UCF might have the best team coming in next year by kind of all the indications from recruiting, what they return and the transfers and whatnot. Even them, though, they're going to have to adjust to playing at Baylor one week, then BYU the next week, then at Cincinnati the following week, then home for Texas Tech, and then Oklahoma in Texas, you know, maybe back-to-back or in Oklahoma. To, like, that is that's not easy. And not a lot of conference schedules are easy, but this one especially, just because the overall quality of team. There are no Cal, there's no Colorado. And I know they're getting better now, but there is no Stanford. There is no Cal. They don't have that. There were uh, you know basically every single team was still in the uh, hunt for a bowl game eight uh with like with like two weeks left in the season, right? So that's what you're dealing with. This version of the Big 12 you're coming into. That's fine. It's okay if it takes time to adjust. It's just it probably will. I could get surprised, but I, I think this version too, especially with the new coach, it's going to take a little bit. It's going to take a little bit. I'd be more than happy to be surprised that the Bearcats do exceed my expectations for them heading into the big 12 next year. Now, the good news is this. If you only finish six and six or seven and five, you're not going to the Boca Raton bowl or the Gasparilla bowl. You're going to maybe the Alamo bowl or the cheese it bowl or the Liberty bowl, which are much better bowl games played in much better uh, places now I mean well, Boca Raton is great don't get me wrong um, <laughs> but j- I'm just gonna point that out all right so we'll get into TCU and Michigan a little bit in segment two then in segment three conference play and men's basketball starting up uh, right around the corner we'll get to that the big 12 of course Josh has said this on this you've said this on this podcast before the best basketball conference in the country so we'll get into all of that after I tell you all how this episode of Lockdown Bearcast is brought to you by bet online. Hey, speaking of the Big 12, you've got two games that you can head to bet online to right now and place your wagers. You've got the Cheez It Bowl between Oklahoma and Florida State, the Seminoles, a nine and a half point favorite. And then later tonight, you've got the Alamo Bowl between the Longhorns and the Washington Huskies, Texas at minus three. So you can head to betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, and get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, we've got it all at betonline.net. You can also wager on the Fiesta Bowl, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl on Saturday between TCU and Michigan. Right now, Michigan is seven and a half point favorite. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen today. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, hosted by Peter Bukowski, who does a fantastic job with Lockdown Sports today. Back here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank, Josh Neighbors from Lockdown Big 12 joining me today as he's going to do hopefully every Thursday throughout the offseason and during this season next year, football season, of course, basketball season. Josh, so TCU and Michigan is a big game 
Obviously, it's a semifinal game. It's a college football playoff game. It's the Big 12's first appearance in the playoff since 2019 when Oklahoma was unfortunately throttled by a Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase-led LSU Tigers team. Um, how is TCU approaching going to approach this game? What's their game plan going to look like for a really good Michigan team? Yeah, um, I think I think for them the game plan is going to remain similar. The, the one thing that's, that's difficult is – um, Michigan's a tough team to run the football against. They're a very, very good rushing defense. And at some point during every single game where TCU does well, the running game for them has to come alive. Now against Kansas State with Kendra Miller, it, it, it didn't feel like it really got a ton of traction, but Max Duggan did on the ground, and that's a huge aspect of what they like to do. So we'll see. Can they get that run going on defense for them? They are a slower starting team. I think they're going to have to to work on that a little bit. They might need to rush a bit more than they normally do. This is a team, uh, Michigan, that does a fantastic job, whether it's Coram or Edwards, and I know Coram's not going to play, running the football. So the line of scrimmage is where this game is probably going to be decided. And the thing is, I, I, I believe the advantage pretty firmly is going to go to Michigan in that department. Um, so that's a huge plus for them. The place where TCU does have the advantage, though, is those skill players. From an overall standpoint, uh, I, I give you know I think I think McCarthy's pretty good. I think Max Duggan's probably the player that you give the edge to. I actually think that battle's a little bit closer, but 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 Max is the better of the two quarterbacks in my opinion. McCarthy a bit more talented, but Max the better one with all the experience and how well he's played this year. Um, wide receiver. I definitely think that you have to go the advantage there is going to go to the guys that, that TCU has. TCU's got like a top SEC caliber receiving core, right? When you go, and I know Ronnie Bell's had a really nice season and like Cornelius Johnson as well, but if you go and you look at the, the year that Quentin Johnson had, how good Tay Barber was, uh, you know, how good Darius Davis was, like those three guys are absolute animals for them in the receiving game. And then you, you put a Savion Williams out there too. They just have a ton of weapons. So I'll give them that in that department, I'll give them a, uh, a big advantage there. Donovan Edwards looked really good for Michigan this year. He's actually been a more efficient runner. Now it's the half the carries, over half the carries, uh, less than half the carries, excuse me, of Blake Corum. But still rushed for seven touchdowns, rushed for 872 yards, 7.5 a pop. So he's been really good this year. But Kendra Miller and Amari DiMarcato are two good backs too. So I'll give, you know, in, in the skill of the running backs, I think you might go with the um, the TCU side, but the overall running game because of how good that Michigan offensive line is, you go that direction. So uh, TCU is going to make need to make some of those plays on defense. McCarthy will make some mistakes, I think, at some points if you put enough heat on him. So I think that opportunity is going to be there. So I would say that those are the, the things that we need to look at as uh, TCU's need to force a couple turnovers, and they need they, they cannot start as slow as they normally do. They absolutely cannot start as slow as they normally do because this this Michigan team, what they'll do is they'll start to constrict. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like you'll be playing catch-up uh, with a team that's going to start bombing on you. What you're going to do is you're going to be behind the eight ball against a team that can force turnovers and also a team that can choke the clock out with how well they can run the football. So time of possession, I think it's going to be a pretty important stat in this game. Yeah, we saw Donovan Edwards against Ohio State and what he did yeah, in the second fantastic. half of that game. So, yeah, absolutely. And then Michigan ran away with this, the Big Ten Championship in the second half against Purdue. So, you mentioned, you alluded to it, um, TCU forcing a couple turnovers. That's going to be a key. Can they, you know, keep the game close uh, so Michigan can't run the clock out? Um, any any other keys to the game that you think TCU needs to? Uh, obviously, you mentioned getting heat on J.J. McCarthy. Um, if it's a close game, 
are you going to put your money on TCU? Hard not to. Um, hard not to. Because here's the thing is, I think what happened in the end of that game against against Kansas State was a bit of an aberration. Um, I thought not – I mean, with how good Max Duggan was at the end of the, ga- end of the game, not having the ball in his hands was a mistake that – and look, he was gassed, but like – Sneak it in there. Do some. I mean, you have to. I, I would do two quarterback sneaks from that point and try to get Max yeah. in the end zone. Um, thought it was was an error on the play calling part of it. But look, like every single time the game has been close this year, every single time a game has been, you know, in somewhat of doubt this season, TCU normally has pulled it out. And they looked like they were about to pull out that game too. Uh, you know, they, they had the ball a chance to actually win that game against K State. But think about all the close games that they played SMU. They won as eight, eight point game KU. They win Oklahoma state. They pull it out. Kansas state. They end up being by two scores. West Virginia they end up beating by two scores. Texas tech. They put it on them in the fourth quarter, right? Texas. They hold on. It was actually 17 to three game for 17, 10 Baylor. The magic was there. They absolutely housed Iowa state. So like you see what I'm saying here is a lot of times games were in doubt. They, they ended up winning the game and we saw what Max Duggan did on that magical drive against Baylor. Baylor's defense, not as good as Michigan's, but he had no Kendra Miller. He had no Quentin Johnston. Uh, uh, and I don't think D. Mercado is out or maybe even Davis out. Well, somebody else was out. I think Darius Davis was out too. Like three of his best skill players were all out, and he went right down the field and scored not once but twice. D. Mercado missed the catch there, but they scored after that anyway. This team is is – they're nails. They're absolutely nails majority of the time, and – Look, you, some people think Kendrick Miller got over the line when he extended that ball. I, I I think he might have, but I thought it was inconclusive. He couldn't say it, but there's definitely an argument there to say he might have gotten over the line and scored in overtime. So uh, yeah. they were inches away and two missed, I think, bad play calls away from, uh, you know, from being 13-0. And so this game's close and they had the ball the chance to win. Yeah, but, you know, they can't be playing from behind a lot of the game because then I think at that point that it's not going to be much of a close game. Uh, if they're kind of behind the eight ball and letting Michigan dictate the pace and on what terms this football game is being played. So, okay, let, let me ask you this as an aside. Do you agree with Sonny Dykes' decision to go for it on fourth and goal in overtime? Yeah. Oh, my okay. God, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy who's going to be a Heisman finalist. I, I damn near would have won the award if they gave him the ball. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you have to think that – look, here's the thing. If you score there, let's just say you, you kick a field goal. It, you're up by three in overtime, right? So they're in field goal range already. They can bare minimum tie it, and they can go ahead and they can beat you there. If you score and you can get one foot or however many inches you need to get, you're once again putting the pressure back on them. The pressure is on you, uh, uh, you know, pressure's on you to score, and the pressure's back on you to get a, a full stop from 25 yards out after that if you don't kick, uh, if you decide to kick that. So you have to put the pressure back on them. And this is an offense that all year has gotten whatever they've needed whenever they've needed it. Why would you take the – once again, the decision to take the ball out of his hands was a astronomically bad one. Um, but but going forward, it's the right call. It, it is 100% the right call. Uh, let's get your score prediction for the Fiesta Bowl on – the Verbo Fiesta Bowl on Saturday. Are you going to the game in Phoenix? I'm not. I am not going to the game. I, I, I will not be. Uh, travel is too difficult right now for me to get myself yeah, out there. it really is. Yeah, yeah. No, and thoughts I'll, I'll and thoughts out. and prayers. Thoughts and prayers to everyone traveling, and sincerely, thoughts and prayers to everyone in Buffalo, New York. Um, they just got absolutely. Yeah. Um, so major, yeah. major thoughts and prayers. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you on that front too. And 
Score prediction, I'll go 31-23 uh, Michigan. That'll be my okay. score prediction. So you do think it'll be close? Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think okay. it'll be around a one-score game. I, I think Michigan, though, that's way too much time for a team um, that's that good to prepare and get that offensive line good to go. I yeah. just think it's going to be difficult. All right, so we got that on Saturday. We got another bowl game on Saturday, but Kansas State and Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. That could be an interesting matchup. Plus, we'll get your thoughts, Josh, on the Big 12 Conference and basketball. How would this Cincinnati Bearcats team match up with the Big 12 right now? I'll ex- we'll get into all of that after a word, after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by NHTSA. Here's the situation. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or you kill someone. Regardless, everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. NHTSA. All right, looking to make a move? Well, take the guesswork out of the home buying process and hire a professional real estate team with a track record of success. Debbie Weckstein Frank is a realtor with Coldwell Banker Heritage, and Steve Maloney is a lender with First Community Mortgage. They will be there to help you every step of the way. Debbie and Steve are both longtime Miami Valley residents who have helped hundreds of people just like you find the home of their dreams. Call Debbie right now at 937 672 3942. That's 937 672 3942, or visit teamweck.com. Lockdown Bearcats, Lockdown Big 12 crossover. Alex Frank, Lockdown Bearcats, Josh Neighbors, Lockdown Ball. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh, one of the more intriguing non-playoff bowl matchups that I'm looking forward to is Kansas State-Alabama in the All-State Sugar Bowl on Saturday. First off, do you find it weird that it's a new New Year's Eve kickoff for the Sugar Bowl? Uh, well, not, not under this circumstance too, with, with the, with the playoff games later, right. You're going to have to play a new yeah. six game at some point on 31st. And then, you know, this is, this makes sense that they're going to do it, uh, at this point in time. So, yeah, I mean, you don't love the kickoff time that, that, that noon, the noon game is always a weird one, but I, I think obviously it is the, you know, it's, they have to do it then just with the scheduling. And the sugar bowl, like I always think of, I always think of it as a game that kicks off at like eight forty-five. Now, then again, the Rose bowl is being played on Monday because you New Year's Eve's New Year's Day is on a Sunday and that's NFL Sunday. And then you've got Monday night football following the Rose Bowl on ESPN, which the Bengals are playing in this week against Buffalo. That'd be a really, really good game. Yeah. Um so does Kansas State have a chance to pull the upset against Alabama? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, you know, because big part of this too is how locked in is Alabama. I mean, you know, Bryce Young and Will Anderson are playing. But how much do they play? So they definitely have a chance to do it. Um, a lot of, you know, and this is a huge game for Kansas State. I mean, they're, they're motivated. Everybody is playing. They are excited. They want to end that Big 12, you know, regular season with a, with a or championship season with a Sugar Bowl win and, and kind of get themselves some momentum into the new Big 12 and kind of solidify a lot of what Chris Kleiman's been doing and also be a huge win for the league because as this league changes, you know, wins like this, I know it's a bowl game, but still, you want to prove that you can hang with these these top dogs at other conferences. And that's going to be an uphill battle, I think, 
uh, for the Big 12 once we get to the new Big 12. There's going to be a lot of discounting. We've already seen it happen this year. A lot of discounting of what happens if it's not Texas and OU. And without Texas and OU, there'll be a lot of discounting the league as a whole. So I want to see it. I want I want to see them uh, get the job done. I I I, I don't know what's going to happen this game because I don't know how long these guys are going to play for. Uh, I don't know how motivated the Alabama team is, but they had a rough season. They didn't lose. They lost two games by a very few amount of points. So I'm kind well, of leaning Alabama's direction here, right? But um, I think it's going to be a close game because K State wants it, uh, you know, just as much as, or probably yeah. more than Bama does. Bama just got so much talent. Yeah, I, I love the job Chris Kleiman has done with that team. Uh, but now I'm now I'm confused. Is it Kleiman or Kleinman? Kleiman. Okay, no end. K L I K L I E M A N. Kleiman. Okay, I was I was right the first time. Chris Kleiman. I, I love the I love the job he's done with that team. Um, really impressive performance in the Big Twelve Championship against TCU. Now um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle Will Anderson and Dallas Turner in that Alabama defense, and if they can stop Alabama and their ground game and Bryce Young. Um, so, give me your thoughts on Bearcats men's basketball because here's a team who's nine and four going into conference play. They've won their last three games. I think they've played really well their last three games. Defensively, they're getting better offensively, there's a lot more rhythm, a lot more ball movement as Justin Williams profiled in the athletic just recently. Um, give me your thoughts on what they've done so far this season and how would they fare in the big 12 this year and next year? Yes. You know, I mean, they're getting, they're getting high caliber guys, you know, uh, David DeJulius, somebody, if you remember him, went to Michigan and obviously transferred and is now, you know, his, his third year there. So it's a guy that we're not going to see in the big 12, but he's had an excellent season. And, you know, Landers Dolly is a guy I remember him really well from Virginia Tech, a gifted scorer. Uh, you know, a guy that's still going to have one more year of eligibility after this season um, with the with the COVID year, I believe. Um, so you know, he's still going to have a chance, and he's played a lot of basketball over the course of his career. Now he's at his third school in Cincinnati, so they're they're going to get some they're getting uh, some talent there, and their slip ups this year have actually been against you know they they've played three the three losses are against three pretty good teams now. That's the problem is when you're an AAC team, you have to do the best you can to grab those uh, to grab some of those those wins early on. So really, like how how much how much they do for themselves in non-con, right? Uh, a loss to Northern Kentucky on the road by 13 is not good. Lost to Arizona by eight, not bad. They got crushed a little bit by Iowa State. And the win against Louisville, while it's good for some regional type stuff, that's an awful Louisville team. Doesn't really help you. And then you lose to Crosstown rival Xavier. Really close game, though, so there, there is you know not too much to be upset about there. But uh, this team, I think, is still figuring themselves out. Yeah, defense is going to be a priority for them. Um, you know, you're seeing some of these games. They, they've gotten lit up a couple times. Xavier went for 80, obviously. Arizona went for 101. Uh, Ohio State went for 81. So when they're playing upper-level competition, they're having a difficult time. So, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have, I think, a pretty decent season in the AAC, it's fair to say. Um, it's tough to know how UCF, BYU, or Cincinnati would do in the Big 12. I feel pretty confident saying Houston's going to be good because the way they play and how good I, that I totally team is. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that, that would be like a top team in the Big 12 this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think Houston's or Cincinnati's played pretty. Uh, they played okay at the start of the year, and they're beating the teams that they they should beat besides Northern Kentucky. I agree with you on Houston. I mean, they are so so good. Um, yeah, they're aggressive. I, I, aggressive I, they could play in the they could play in the Big Twelve right now and do well. Um, UCF's interesting. Cincinnati, of course. BYU, 
Um, remains to be seen how they'll do. And you mentioned Cincinnati, they're getting better. David DeJulius having a really nice season, almost 17 points per game. Landers Nall, you mentioned him. He's averaging 14 and a half. Victor Locken, who has just unbelievably improved this year, shooting 72% from the floor and averaging just a tick under 13 points per game. This is a Bearcats team that's scoring. They're scoring over 80 a game. They're allowing fewer than 70. So definitely some trends that are heading in some positive directions for Cincinnati. So let's look at the Big 12 because, as you mentioned, uh, are there any off notes in the Big 12? Well, you've got Kansas at number four, TCU at number 18, Texas at number six, West Virginia number 24, Baylor number 12, and then you've got uh, Kansas State, who's not ranked, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Texas Tech's not even ranked, and they went to the Sweet 16 last year. And oh, by the way, they went to the net, they came within. an egregious defensive breakdown from winning a national championship just what three or four years ago, mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Oklahoma state bringing up the rear. Um, you've got two teams, 11 and one, two teams, 10 and one, one team, 10 and two, uh, three teams, nine and two, one team at nine and three, one team at eight and four. I, I, Josh, I'm going to conclude here. And I think you can agree that we are, we're looking at a absolute barn burner every game feeling like a big 12 tournament kind of deal in conference play. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I'll read you here from John Rothstein. The big 12 currently has eight teams inside the top 50 of the net rankings. How about that? Uh, and his entire league is in the top 60. So that's, that means that unbelievable. Unbelievable. That means as of now, every single win during conference play is quadrant one or quadrant two. And that means every road win is a quadrant one win. Now, Will this stuff change? Yeah, sure. It's going to change a bit here once we get into conference play. But I said it's last year. Like a team like Kansas State last year that kind of hovered around by, around 500, like you put them in the ACC last year, they probably do fine and make the NCAA tournament, right? So um, that is the one difficult part of this league. It's also what makes the league really fun and exciting. Um, I think with that, though, I think Kansas is going think, to – I think they have a good chance to run away with this thing this year, actually. Um, Interesting. And, and I, yeah, Texas and Kansas are the best two teams. And because Texas is going through what they're going through right now with Chris Beard, I mean, it's it's that's a really good old team. But, like, man, it's tough to have it, that kind of situation go down yeah. for you. So that's why I think KU's got a good chance. And I think everybody else kind of, kind of uh, is going to kind of pillage each other uh, on the way through this. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I think KU could run away with it, but it's going to be a deep – fun league and conference play starts off this week. We get some exciting games. Excited to see how KU does at home against Oklahoma State team. It's going to test them inside because Oklahoma State has good interior play and and KU, you know, it's every single one of these teams does have some weaknesses and a lot of these teams, uh, their strengths are incredibly strong too. Yeah, and to quote John Rothstein, this is only December. So, right. I, I mean, and right now, Joe Lenardi has nine teams projected from the Big 12 to make the NCAA tournament. Nine teams. I mean, that is Unbelievable. 90%. 90% of the conference. Well, Josh, this has been fun. Uh, looking forward to talking to you more throughout the offseason, throughout basketball season. We'll stay in touch on the Bearcats. Now they're doing in their final season in the American. We'll stay in touch on the Big 12. And next year, I mean, this is we'll, this. I mean, we're going to go hand in hand. The Bearcats are going to go through the Big 12 for the first time. So maybe we'll have some big Monday games and, I'm looking forward to it. Josh Neighbors, Lockdown Big 12. Where can people see your work? Yeah, you guys can find us on Twitter at LO Big 12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube as well. Please subscribe 
helps us out a lot. Josh Neighbors, Lockdown Big 12, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year to you and your family, and uh, enjoy all the bowl games this weekend. Yep, same to you. Thank you, thank you. That's Josh Neighbors, Lockdown Big 12. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank, not underscore. Email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen today. Now make Lockdown Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Back tomorrow, the podcast form. If you missed our live room yesterday, yours truly and Russ Heltman from All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, and my colleague, we will be in podcast form, our live room, and of course, recapping the Bearcats game tonight against Tulane. That tips off at nine on ESPN Plus from Fifth Third Arena. Looking forward to that. For Lockdown Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.